Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans to answer our medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for being here today. How yeah. was your Halloween? It was fine. Was you know, fine. Yep, it was one of our cold, you know. Yeah. I feel like it's 50-50 if it's decent or cold, and this one was cold. Yeah. But we bundled up and got some candy, so. What did your girls choose to be this year? You know, they actually had these hand-me-down costumes that my husband's great-grandmother made this clown costume oh, that my one daughter wore that she found at um, my in-law's house. So a clown and a pirate. We had a very classic Halloween costumes I love this it. year. Yep. That's fun to pull out those homemade yeah. ones. We don't see a lot of those anymore. I know my mom always made homemade. Did she? Yeah. She was, she was a home ec teacher, so uh, she had some real skills mm-hmm. and would come up with different so it's something every year, my yep. brother and I. So yep. fun to see those, all that hard work, getting another round yep. of Halloween. Yep, decades later. Yeah, so, yep. that's great. That's great. We had a couple cats that we took out, okay. our daughter Lydia and a friend, uh-huh. uh, and they went out. And they they amazingly, we had their coats for them. They took their coats off and just ran around. Yeah. So they had their, they had multiple layers on with their right. cat costumes, but we were carrying coats. We're like, you want a coat? You want a coat? No, we're good. But they're running around yeah. and they did fine. Yep. So yep. had the gloves on and Always they were covered. Yep. Got it done early and, yes. you know. Go out a little earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early and done early on a school night. So Yes, yep. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning we are going to be talking about GI issues, Dr. Evans. That's mm-hmm. our Prairie Doc topic this week. And so in your perspective this week, you talk about how many of us are uncomfortable talking about our GI issues, mm-hmm. but you reassure us that it's okay for us to talk about these things with our <laughs> it doctors. It totally is. Yeah. I feel like people are just, some people are really mortified to come in and talk about changes in their bowel movements and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, I feel like I've had patients who have symptoms that go on for months and months before they come in just mm-hmm. because that's part of it, I think. Um yeah, and but the point of it, the essay is really like you cannot embarrass me if you're talking about your bowel movements. Like we talk about it all the time. This is part of the business, so don't think that you're putting us out mm-hmm. if you're worried about something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's normal for you. It's yes, not normal it's part for of, the rest of us, right? But it's normal for you. Yes, guys to we're be comfortable with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. And um, and it's important to talk about it. Yeah, right? I mean, it can be certainly. Um, those symptoms can sometimes be a signal of something that we definitely want to know about. Um, And sometimes the symptoms are benign and it's not a big deal as far as a threat to your health. But I mean, I, I feel like I hear patients every week tell me, I mean, I'm not going to coffee with my friends anymore because I'm worried about how it's going to go to leave the house. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it affects you um, because it's it does affect how 
you interact socially if you're worried about what your guts are going to do when you leave the house. And so if there's things that we might be able to do to help, by all means, we should try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go to our first break and then we'll talk about some of those things that we might be able to do to help those situations. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. This week we are talking about GI issues, and before the break, Dr. Evans was reassuring us that it's okay to bring up those maybe unpleasant symptoms we're having related to our GI tract with our doctors. Dr. Evans, we often don't really talk about these things, so we don't necessarily always know what's normal, what's not normal. And so what things that we might be experiencing or what symptoms do you recommend we do bring to the attention of our doctor? That's a great question because you're right. There's a really wide spectrum of what is normal when it comes to people's bowel movements, you know. Um, there, there are some things that we as physicians would call kind of, quote, red flags, things mm-hmm. that we definitely would want to investigate with bowel movements. So those would be things like new blood in the stool would be a big one. Blood, bloody or black stools would always be something we'd want to check out. Um, a lot of pain related to bowel movements or before or after bowel movements, if you're having a lot of pain. If you're having diarrhea with weight loss that can be a signal that you're not absorbing nutrients and food and that can be of course abnormal and and affect people's nutrition so that's another big one that we we want to hear about or if you're just having kind of profuse watery diarrhea um so that might mean like you know different for everyone there are some people who have two or three bowel movements a day and that's totally normal for them and on on average but if you're having six or eight or ten bowel movements a day and it's a change then it's worth getting checked out okay Mm -hmm. so change is kind of yeah change the other thing that that you might notice is if you have a major change in just like the appearance or what we call the caliber like the width of your stool sometimes that can be a sign of a mass or something like that that's fairly unusual but that would be a change that we'd want to hear about too okay Mm -hmm. 
So what are, if we are experiencing some of these things, what are some of those big concerns that it's worth coming in so we can mm-hmm. catch these things earlier? Yeah, so I mean, probably the the thing that's on the top of people's minds are things like colon cancer. Um, and certainly that can cause blood in the stool and, and that kind of thing. So that's one of them. In certain age groups, one of the big ones that we don't want to miss a diagnosis of is inflammatory bowel disease. So that's like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Those things can be really miserable and are treatable. Um, so and can put people in the hospital if they get really sick with them. So that will typically cause things like pain, blood in the stools, and frequent diarrhea. Um, and then some of the other ones. So you know, it can be a little harder to, to diagnose some problems with absorption. So things like celiac disease, but they can cause nutritional deficiencies and vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So those are some of the things that we're talking about when we think about nutrition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we kind of rule out there's nothing major yeah. going on in our in our system, yeah. um, but we're still experiencing some uncomfortable GI symptoms or inconvenient yeah. right. GI symptoms, uh, in your perspective, you talk about there might be some things we can still do. Yeah, there. so a lot of treatment of some of these things. So, you know, depending on what your issue is, mm-hmm. I mean, it can range from, are, are we talking about diarrhea, constipation, bloating, discomfort, those kinds of things. If we either have done adequate testing to make sure that there's nothing more concerning going on, or if just the symptoms maybe don't warrant that more aggressive testing up front, then depending on, again, what the symptoms are, there's a lot of trial and error kind of involved in what we do. So like a great example is chronic constipation. So Mm -hmm. I have, you know, if I have a patient that we're talking about just has, has a hard time moving their bowels, it causes discomfort, it's causing problems, then, you know, we, we start with sort of one thing at a time and kind of make a stepwise plan. I always do try to lay out for patients, you know, again, depending on what we're talking about, the treatment might be different. We might be talking about food elimination diet. We might talk, be talking about over-the-counter medication use, whatever. But I try to... I try to lay out for them that, okay, we're going to try this thing first, you know, to give a good trial for bowel symptoms. I usually say give something at least a couple of weeks just Mm -hmm. because day to day things are different, right? Depending on what you've eaten and and we got to give some time to see what the impact is. But just know that if, if intervention A doesn't work in the first couple of weeks, then here's the next thing that we're going to do. And if that doesn't work for two weeks, here's the next thing that we're going to do. We're going to find something that helps, but it, takes a little bit of patience mm-hmm. to do some of those trials. Okay. Mm-hmm. Might take some effort. Yeah. I know it's we talk about addition of fiber yeah. often when it comes to constipation. Yep. What are some of the ways you recommend increasing our fiber? Yeah. So what I options? mean it, certainly food can be a great way if you if you can increase fiber by taking in more things like whole grains and beans and, and stuff like that. That's great. I tell a lot of people to take a fiber supplement um, mm-hmm. just because that's probably a simpler and more surefire way to be consistent about that. So you're over the counter things like, you know, I don't care what kind it is, Metamucil, Citrusel, whatever it is. So I do talk to people a lot about that. Interestingly, I actually advise people use fiber for the reason of having chronic loose stools too, because it oh. tends to bulk up and it's kind of 
absorb some of that fluid in the gut and and make things move a little bit slower so fiber can be used in that way too not a lot of people do kind of think Mm -hmm. about about using it more for constipation but my favorite thing for constipation especially if it's chronic constipation is miralax or polyethylene glycol so the white powder that you put in 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 water super gentle you Mm -hmm. very safe to use every day if you struggle with chronic constipation so that's always kind of my first thing to pull off the shelf for for that problem Mm-hmm. That might might do the trick for you. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605 692 1430 605-692-1430. We are talking about GI issues this morning. And before the break, Dr. Evans, you mentioned some different recommendations you have for minimizing some of our GI symptoms. Mm-hmm. If we rule out the big things, if we're just right. trying to calm things down. Uh, and one of those things you talked about was elimination of food types yeah. and what we can learn about our bodies and the way we process that. What is how do we do that? Yeah, I mean, so some of this is trial and error. So there, there's some sort of unique aspects of this. So one one thing would be like celiac disease. So true celiac disease is a gluten intolerance in which if you put gluten in your gut, your, your body doesn't like that. It actually... Um, g- has an inflammatory reaction in the small bowel that changes the small bowel, makes it not absorb things. So that's a a special example that we actually test for. And if you truly have celiac disease, that's more than just a food intolerance. How do you test for that? Yeah, so there's blood testing, testing for antibodies, that's pretty accurate anymore. Sort of the the old old gold gold standards is to uh, biopsy of the small bowel. So you have to go down through the mouth and then kind of use a special type of scope to get to the small bowel and do a biopsy. Um, But, you know, so that's and I think there's some confusion about what what is truly celiac disease. Mm -hmm. So a true true gluten, you know, allergy type phenomenon and gluten intolerance, which is a little more poorly understood and, and maybe... In, in some places a little bit more, you know, you, you, you hear about it. I don't really know what it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, some people say they feel a lot better if they avoid gluten. So that would be kind of the difference there. Sure. When it comes to, I mean, so a common thing that I advise if, if someone's coming in with sort of chronic loose stools, chronic diarrhea, and we've, we're not worried, we've kind of 
moved beyond some of the those more concerning syndromes is actually lactose intolerance is pretty common, mm-hmm. especially in this part of the world. Um, and you can develop lactose intolerance later in adulthood. It's not like you always, you know, if you if you tolerated milk as a kid, like you can develop it later. So it's usually worth a trial to see if that actually normalizes your gut. Um, thing is kind of hard, right? Like yes. there, there's dairy and lactose in a lot of things. So I we I I kind of walk through reminding people. Now that means like not only avoiding milk, yogurt, um, that kind of thing, but can eat like if something has cheese in it that has lactose in it. If something has butter in it, like. Mm baked goods and stuff like that that has has lactose in it so you got to be pretty mindful of that but that's one of those things that I say like try it strictly for two weeks because if you feel better at the end of that two weeks as far as how your gut symptoms are then that might be the issue Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a fairly simple thing to do but it I mean it does take some thought yes Mm-hmm. And it might like I, if I had to eliminate lactose, I would struggle because I eat a lot of dairy. But, yes, yeah. yes, right. You yeah. really become aware of it when you yeah. start thinking about right. those things. Yeah, so yeah. There are a lot. Yep. yep. And you know, just doing food diaries can be helpful. The the GI specialty clinics actually have their own dietitians that can educate people on special diets. So things like gluten free diets, or you know, there there are other types of um, even with like irritable bowel syndrome, they might do something called a low FODMAPS diet, which you can find information for online but there are some special diets that probably do improve people's GI symptoms depending on the problem okay Mm -hmm. question for you Dr. Evans is it common for medications to cause GI issues so they certainly can so and some common medications that we use can definitely have GI side effects so um, examples of that would be some of our diabetes medications can cause GI upset and diarrhea. So metformin, a drug that I use all the time because it's a one, it's a wonderful and cheap and old medication for diabetes, can cause diarrhea in about ten, five to 10% of people. Mm. And for a small percentage of those people, it is intolerable and we actually have to move on. So we always got to look at the med list. These new medications that we're using a lot for diabetes and obesity, things like Ozempic, Trulicity, and that class of medications, the GLP-1 agonists, can cause nausea, diarrhea, and, and gut upset so we that's you know so those medications are common ones that we use on the flip side there are medicines that can cause constipation so a really common one would be opioids so pain chronic pain medications Mm -hmm. um classically cause constipation and sometimes pretty severely Mm -hmm. so yes um there i always look at people's med list if this is the first time we're talking about drugs yeah and so sometimes that might be part of these two-week trials okay like Maybe it's your metformin. Maybe we need to just stop that for two weeks and see if, you know, if your gut issues get way better, then, okay, then we need to talk about what we're going to do differently for your diabetes. If it makes no difference in two weeks, then great. We can keep the metformin and we got to move on to the next thing on our list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with your questions at 605 692 1430-605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain,
pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. This morning we are talking about GI issues and Dr. Evans has given us some great advice to consider uh, if we're experiencing some GI issues. In your perspective this week, Dr. Evans, you talk about some of the other healthcare providers that may help us with our GI symptoms. And one of them you mentioned is a physical therapist. Yeah. Tell me more about how physical therapists might be able to assist us. Yeah. So when I when I said that, I'm talking primarily about pelvic floor physical therapy. So okay. we've probably talked about this on this show when it comes to things like urinary problems, urinary incontinence. But elimination of from the gut involves the pelvic floor too. So sometimes with things like either fecal incontinence or some syndromes that involve things like pain and difficulty with defecation, the, the pelvic floor PT um, department can be very helpful as well. Okay. So that's that's kind of the the same the same spectrum as that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then but course- we don't think about that. I mean, we use we use mus- musculature to eliminate waste um, mm-hmm. all the time. But, you know, unless you're starting to have problems with it, it's not something we probably think about conscientiously right mm-hmm. yeah you, yeah don't think about that you think like, yeah. oh my intestine must or something must have right. you but you don't think about oh my muscles are right. doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah mm-hmm. yep it does take some mu- muscle coordination and that kind of thing so sometimes that they can be helpful again depending on the problem mm-hmm. yeah is general exercise and movement helpful to the GI tract? I feel like I've heard some about that. So that's one of the first questions I ask, especially if someone comes in with issues with constipation is, Mm -hmm. are you moving your body? Because that definitely being more sedentary can put you at more risk of being more constipated, generally speaking, for sure. Mm -hmm. So getting up and moving. Yep. And taking in adequate amounts of fluid is the other thing that are sort of the basic lifestyle things that can help with constipation in particular. Mm Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing some yoga once yeah. in a while. And sometimes my yoga instructors are like, this twist is so good for your GI system. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, <laughs> so yeah, let's I, do I it. Mean, yeah, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not hurting anything. Around. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. there is some truth to that. In general, movement yeah, just helps movement. us. Yep. Even taking a walk probably, if you do that regularly, is likely to keep you more regular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, it's time for us to wrap up today. Dr. Evans, we thank you for sharing this information with us. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Join us this coming Thursday, November 2nd, as we host a new live On Call with the Prairie Doc. Prairie Doc host Dr. Kelly Evans-Hollinger will be talking about GI health with Dr. Ali Zakaria from Monument Health Gastroenterology. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB. Dr. Evans, before we wrap up today, I just want to touch back on the this point that we started with this morning, um, being open to talking to our physicians. You want to touch on that one more time when yeah, we're having these I, issues? I feel like we talk about this frequently. Like, that is what we're here for. Um, if you're having problems and you're worried about them, I mean, worst case scenario, if you describe your problem and I say, you know, that sounds within the spectrum of normal and I'm not really worried about it, then that's still really valuable, right? Like, yes. if you're worried about it and bothered by it, 
And even if I'm not worried about it, if, if it's bothering you enough, then we can talk about things that you might be able to try to feel better. So bring it on in. No We're need happy to, to talk about it. Yep. No need to just We've heard worry it all. about it at home. We can <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Dr. Evans. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.